I talk so loud at screens, like someone's on video, and I'm like, hello! And my wife is like, you don't have to yell. You sound like an old person. <laughs> that is Danielle Coutier, who is very much a non-old person. Uh, at this point, apologies to my high school French teacher, who probably just wanted to die hearing how I butchered that name. Anyway... I got matched up as Danelle's mentor originally as part of Start Out, a nonprofit I volunteer with that supports queer entrepreneurs like Danelle. One thing you should know about me is that I'm a grade A online stalker. In an alternate life, I would totally be a catfish unveiler. <laughs> I'm sharing this to preface that I, of course, looked at Danelle before we met in person. Okay, we met on Zoom, but that's basically the same thing nowadays. <laughs> what I found were pictures of them looking very pro with their audio gear. They are an award-winning journalist and audio engineer, after all. As well as very queer in a cuffed sleeve, printed button-up, buttoned up all the way to the top, of course, with short black hair, a piercing, and tattoo. Did that image not fit the voice you heard at the beginning? Yeah, I had that mismatch when we then actually first talked to. Danelle, in real life, shows you how much we infer from pictures, is one of the nicest people I know. Sometimes even too nice. I've had to tell them to stop apologizing and saying please so often. <laughs> and no, that's not just because they are Canadian. Probably, I think. Maybe that is part of the reason. The passion project they brought to life, their first very own podcast called Stranger Than Usual, where they bring listeners to exceptional locations around the world to get to the heart of people and places of history. From war bunkers in Germany to Vancouver's first morgue, they tour inside these spaces and learn how people today deal with delicate stories of the past that affect the present. Disclaimer, I love Halloween, but hate horror, so when we first got matched up, I was kind of worried I wouldn't be able to listen through an entire episode. But while Stranger Than Usual might take place in spots you'd need to throw me over your shoulder to get me into, the show is actually about so much more. It's about how these significant places hold clues to how we got here, where we're at, and where we might go or shouldn't go. Sounds incredible, right? Getting this podcast out there wasn't easy, though. Putting it mildly, Danelle's plate wasn't exactly empty. Before I launched Stranger Than Usual, I was living in Germany for about a year and a half and going back and forth between the U.S. and then Germany, where my wife was doing a contract. Um, I work as a freelance podcast producer and audio engineer. So I work on several different podcasts, ranging from relationship like advice to true crime. And I think I'm working on, I don't know, maybe six, seven podcasts right now. So it's busy. I think you and I can agree that busy might be an understatement here. 
Yet despite being in a new continent and booked out with work, that niggling idea for a podcast of their own wouldn't let Danielle go. And so I was in Germany and I had this, I've had this idea for like Stranger Than Usual for years. And I was like, I finally have to make this happen. And especially since I'm in Germany, I'm so close to other countries. So I was also <laughs> traveling around for my podcast because the concept of my podcast is to travel to exceptional locations and do interviews in these spaces where we learn about the history of the people and the space itself, especially uh, marginalized people. And so that requires traveling, but that ended up being really hectic because I was freelancing for people in Canada. Uh, so there was like a seven to nine hour time difference. And then I was also planning my own project and then traveling for this project and trying to manage getting my stuff done while also meeting my clients' deadlines. And then, yeah, then we were moving from Germany to the U.S., which turns out that's that takes a lot of work. <laughs> As someone that has moved countries about 13 times, not exaggerating, when Danelle told me they were planning to launch their podcast the same month they were moving continents, that got me wildly waving a red flag. That's like having a baby and getting a puppy at the same time. Both exciting things that sound like a cute idea together, but are beyond stressful in reality. The crazy part? Danelle actually did it. Wondering how? That's what we'll be digging into in this episode. Is your muse gasping for air? Between busy schedules and inner demons, creativity is easily drowned. The Creating in the Margins podcast is your lifeline. Every two weeks, get inspo from diverse creatives making their challenging passion projects a reality in the margins of their lives. Plus, I, your host, storyteller, and globetrotter Kat Rundell, slay pesky doubts alongside you covering everything from feeling like a shadow artist to toxic productivity. Yes, you'll want to stick around to the very, very end to get a laugh from bloopers and outtakes. Now, let's add some color to your margins. Obviously, you've had this idea for years, as you said, and I think creative ideas really are like super naggy kids sometimes. I feel like even when you're like, go to bed, you know, don't have time for you right now, they will always pop up and be poking you because they're bored and they want you to take them on. <laughs> so clearly you had this idea for years. What made you have that switch from like, okay, I've been thinking about this for ages. Now is the time where I'm actually going to do it. What was it that made you flip that switch from just thinking about it to actually doing it or start doing it? I think it really came down to that I just felt like I needed a new challenge and I wanted to create something that was like fully mine and I've worked on things for other people my entire life and this is kind of feels like one of the first projects where I'm using the skills that I have now but I am in complete control. You know, I'm making these decisions and 
I think, I don't know, I wonder if the pandemic maybe had that effect on me because it was in kind of, I think, 2020 when I really started developing this idea. So maybe it was a desire for agency that really drove me to make this happen. It was like something, the one thing I could like maybe have some control over was this creative project. So yeah, I think that's probably it. I just, I just wanted to challenge myself and kind of have control over something that was totally mine. I also wonder though, uh, not wonder, but I think even when we have this great idea and we're motivated, we love it, we want to, often there are still hurdles, <laughs> mostly often internal ones. Oh yeah. Like, job My <laughs> so what were those for you, Danielle? What was the oh, thing let's, the, the thoughts? Let's like, talk you? about that. Sure. Yeah. What were the internal hurdles? Tell me when to stop. <laughs> I feel like I've, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start with the <laughs> internal hurdles. I guess like I maybe am somewhat of a perfectionist or like maybe I just, maybe it's overthinking, feeling like the idea is never good enough. Maybe that's imposter syndrome too, which I feel like I struggle with as well, but just kind of like I never, I, I didn't, I don't feel like my skills are good enough, you know, like I, I can, I will often have that thought, like, is this good enough? Am I good enough? Are my skills good enough? Is this even a good idea? Will anybody care or listen? Will the people I interview, like, feel like I accurately represented their stories? Internal chaos often gets married on the outside, too. Bringing a creative project to life is not just about wrestling those thought demons into submission, but also about practical things. Just structure and organization around projects can be really difficult as a creative person, because I feel like I can think of so many ideas, but then to actually have the discipline to sit down and do it is also a hurdle. Also, being a freelancer, it's difficult like, I feel like I have no structure in my life. <laughs> and I've felt that way since I've been freelancing since, uh, I think, like 2020. Because I'm kind of responsible for creating my own structure in my day. You know, I have all these deadlines that I have to meet, but no one is watching over me being like, you have to work from nine to five. And so I am someone who kind of needs structure, actually, or else I feel kind of chaotic. And so I've just been in this sort of mode of chaos for a couple of years now. Um, so the challenge is I have to create structure in my like paid work for myself. And then I also have to somehow create structure for my passion project, which is my own podcast that I'm working on. I'm making time between like the rest of the things in my life and this project. And like, there's always going to be a sacrifice. Um, so maybe also the internal strug struggle of deciding what sacrifice that will be. Is it going to be, you know, not time away from my like partner and family? Is it going to be that I don't work on a paid gig today? Is it going to be that I don't go to the gym? And this morning that was the case. I woke up at 6 a.m. to work on Stranger Than Usual, 
and I sacrifice while sleep and not going to the gym. And so there's always this, like, I guess, internal maybe stress of like, all right, what am I going to give up today? And then the thing is, my passion project is the same type of work as my paid work, which makes it interesting because it's like, I just worked on podca- other people's podcasts all day long, and then I sit down and still at my computer, like, work on my own podcast. And so that can kind of get exhausting. Sometimes it takes the fun away from it. Like, it becomes sort of like a, oh, I wish I had a hobby that I used my hands and could be outside or something. But no, I'm sitting at a computer, like, cutting tape, writing narration, recording, all of that stuff. Danelle touches on an important point here that I and many creatives experience too. When what you do for others and yourself uses the same set of skills, your brain is tapped out way quicker. There's a reason many artists purposely choose something completely different than their art when choosing a day job. Stephen King, for example, in his quasi-memoir on writing, openly shared how when he was working in a laundry, as grueling as the work was, it was way easier for him to write than when he was working as an English teacher. So between pesky little thought demons, structure struggles, plus a tired audio mind, the reasons not to work on this passion project seem sky high, right? And yet, Donnell did. Let's dig into how. I'd say it started with just talking about the idea with people. And so I like I was passionate about the idea. And so I was like excitedly sharing it with people. And if they like showed interest in it, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a good idea. Like it's I kind of just got that validation of like maybe maybe this is good. And the more I talked about it, I think the better it got shaped. I think I'm a very like external person like I like to talk about things and that's how I process things I just I share things all the time and it it helps me like yeah shape ideas shape feeling shape just internally what I'm thinking or feeling so yeah I first talked about it and then I started writing things down and then I actually just started kind of like creating things. I went to locations and actually filmed. And so I wasn't interviewing anyone. And this was during the pandemic. So I was just like taking my camera and yeah, filming these like abandoned places or places that have interesting histories. I like, yeah, dabbled and didn't release it publicly or anything. I just like tried it out on my own time. The momentum of a fresh idea. It's like falling in love. All you can think about is her. And even when you really, really try not to talk about her, because you know your friends are already beyond annoyed at hearing your love interest's name every second sentence, it just spills out. You're on a roll. Until you're not. Life catches up and all those challenges we talked about rear their ugly head. But in Danelle's case, they had a plan to tame them. I was like, this doesn't feel quite right. And then 
I sought sort of like external structure. I know myself and I know that I need external accountability or like just external help in the first place. Um, and then, yeah, we ended up moving. And yeah, while I was in Germany, I was like, all right, I want to learn about narrative uh podcast storytelling because I that's something that I wanted to move in into and I didn't really know that much about you know what goes into that so yeah I ended up taking this podcasting class out of Berlin and so that's really what like motivated me to collect content for that first episode and then once I did that like our class assignment was to create like even just a few minutes of our, of an episode of content. And then in like two hours, I like put a 15 minute little episode together and I was like, Hey, I can do this. <laughs> so I think that was really like a tipping point. And of course I got external validation, right. From the teacher and other classmates and got suggestions on what to change. And so I think that really made me feel like all right maybe there's something to this and maybe I can actually do this idea something that you said was super important which I think it's also a great little tidbit in there where they were like hey create a two three minute small thing and then you suddenly did like 15 minutes and we're like oh I can do this and I think often lowering the hurdle and just saying you'll do something super short or simple or whatever like help get you in the flow of then a usually you want to keep going very often and be actually seeing less risk you know you see that you can actually do it totally so. yeah I think like I really have a tendency to overcomplicate things like and then I get paralyzed because I'm like, well, I can't possibly do these a hundred things and then it takes someone else coming in and being like, you could just do this much simpler thing. And I'm like, whoa, that is mind blowing. Like I, th- my mind does not work like that. I don't know if that's me or just being like a creative person. I feel like I'm just like always thinking about things. I'm just, maybe it's anxiety. It's just always in my head and I have such like feel paralyzed actually getting it going. So I think that's why I find it helpful to have external people to kind of help me structure things and shape things. Yeah. That tendency to overcomplicate and want to pursue a million ideas at once, it has a name. Shiny object syndrome. Like a magpie, every new idea looks shinier than the one before. You've got to collect them all. (laughs) No, that was not a nod to a certain Japanese animated game that celebrated a big comeback over lockdown. The end result? A nest full of gum wrappers, bottle caps, and pocket change. And no, you know, actual food. That's where having a bird buddy that calls you out so you don't starve helps. Also, just choosing something and going from thinking to doing. I just realized that at some point you just have to do the thing. Like, you have to stop planning and just make yourself do it. I had to make myself do it. And I did that by applying for a queer entrepreneurship program. Sorry, (laughs) me again. Quick aside here that the queer entrepreneurship program Danelle was mentioning is Start Out, the nonprofit through which we also met. Now back to Danelle's story. 
So I just kind of started taking steps, honestly, on a whim. I feel like the decisions I make on a whim help me (laughs) take a step forward because I'm not overthinking things. And so I also just started contacting people to schedule interviews. And honestly, it was also like we were coming to our end of time in Germany and I felt a lot of pressure to just schedule these interviews and get them in before we leave because I realized like that like that was my time pressure I need time pressure or else I could think forever about a creative project and not work on it so I guess I felt like I had to like I had already made these steps to make this happen and it really did end up feeling like all right now I have people like that I'm accountable to It was you and the people I interviewed, and that's why maybe it feels like I have to do this, or else I'm just going to get in my own way. Remember those pesky little thought demons? They, of course, didn't just go away overnight. Getting into action and adding accountability definitely helped, but especially the fact that Danelle decided to make peace with them and do it anyway. All throughout this, I was battling my internal stuff and was really honestly working through what is what is stopping me. And I, I did have these conversations with my partner over the past few years. I'd be, I kept saying, I really want to do this idea, but something is stopping me, like some something internally. And then we talked through it. I think I talked through it with my therapist. And then eventually I just sort of like said F it and just started contacting people for interviews and I just put together the website. I just did pieces by pieces. Honestly, I probably should have been working on paid stuff, but if I had just the motivation, the inspiration, then I would just do something, something little that would get me one step closer there. So I'd say if you can take one little step today to get yourself even remotely closer to doing your creative project, just do it when you feel like it. Take that time of inspiration and just who cares about everything else, just do it. For me, there was also the added pressure of external expectations. So I started telling friends and family that I was doing this and I just picked a release date and I was like, yep, I'm gonna do this. And then I started telling people. So then I felt more pressure to actually make that happen because people would ask about it. Um, and then, yeah, I released the trailer. So I just kind of like created these pressures and feeling I was responsible to people. And I think just the desire to, to actually do this, like I had the content, all I had to do was really put it together. And put together beautifully, if I may say so. Have a listen to the snippet from the trailer for Stranger Than Usual. For some people, there's nothing like an all-inclusive beach vacation. Sipping on a drink in the sand and listening to the waves. But if you're like me, you'd rather spend your time visiting war bunkers, underground empires for the dead, and decaying former sanatoriums. Some people call these places spooky. I call them exceptional and important. They get to the heart of people in places of history. And it's in these spaces where we can learn about how people especially marginalized people, were treated, how people have been devalued and sometimes sadly killed. And while Donald did it, they launched Stranger Than Usual, it wasn't a walk in the park. 
Okay, they did sometimes go for walks as part of the project, but you know what I mean. You know, did require like long work days and or early mornings. I had some really tough days where I was just like, I can't do this. I've already worked all day and I'm so burnt out. Like the week that my release was supposed to be, I was so burnt out. You might be throwing your hands up in the air at this point and thinking, isn't this podcast supposed to motivate me to go after my passion project? not discourage me and while yes that's absolutely my ultimate goal while i might have a sweet tooth i don't sugarcoat things <laughs> yes i'm quite proud of myself for that one making a passion project come alive is not all instagram worthy shots of you curled up at your desk with a hot cocoa and humbly accepting the barrels of praise heaped on you when you finish it's more often than not tirely glaring at your screen and celebrating by sleeping in the next day. But, and that but is where the magic is. But also, when I started to work on my episodes, I would get into that flow state and feel so excited about what I was doing and just working for like five hours and not getting up, but being just so into my project and I feel like that helps set up every other aspect in, in my life because this fuels my sort of passion and my creativity and I don't really go into that flow state with a lot of other things and so to get that that fills me up and then I can come to my paid work or other aspects of my life with more energy and more excitement and like this this is the project I want to tell other people about. So do something that you care about or else it's not going to happen. That, my friend, is true passion. As Elizabeth Gilbert of Eat, Pray, Love fame, though I personally loved City of Girls more, has said, the question is not so much what are you passionate about? The question is, what are you passionate enough about that you can endure the most disagreeable aspects of the work? Still don't think that's enough? Don't worry, count on me to go for the juggler and ask the tough questions. Hold on until after the break to find out. Are you a fellow podcaster or soon to be podcaster? Then you know that music and sound effects give your episodes that extra little something to make them stand out. Finding great music and sound effects, though, not that easy. I don't know how many days I lost going through 765 options until I found the one. Artlist. They offer unlimited creative assets for content creators including royalty-free music from world-class artists and super realistic sound effects. And if you're a video person, they also have beautiful stock footage, video editing software, and more. Check them out and get two extra months on me by heading to tellonpurpose.com slash artlist. Is it worth it? Oh, man, that's a good question. I think 
it took me reframing my goals and why I was doing this to really feel like the measure of success is just doing it and and working through these internal struggles. And for me, that makes it worth it because I did it. Like I've put out a trailer and the first episode, I'm working on the second episode and like it's taken all these years to work through these internal struggles and external struggles of things like moving and the pandemic and all this all this stuff. So yeah, I I feel <laughs> good. I know it doesn't you can't really hear in my tone of voice, but like I am proud of myself. I think I so I released the podcast a week later than I wanted to and I kind of had a few days feeling pretty upset about that because I felt like, oh gosh, I can't even meet my own deadlines that I set out for myself. And yeah, I sort of had this feeling of failure, like, oh, I, I didn't do it. But then, you know, a couple of days later, I was like, all right, I did do it though. I did meet my goal of releasing this episode. And I just went back to kind of this idea of why was I doing this? Well, to challenge myself and to get it out there and and battle through these internal struggles. And so I did succeed in that. And yeah, it's it's worth it. It's worth all the early mornings and late nights. <laughs> I think it's because I really, truly felt accountable. I think when releasing something publicly, it's like, I felt like I had to do it. I, I needed these external pressures to make me actually do it. Also, I feel like I'm kind of making this podcast for my younger self in a therapeutic way. This podcast is sort of like maybe and this sounds maybe silly for people who aren't into kind of like therapy and stuff like that, but I kind of feel like it's healing my inner child. And I think that's why for me, the measure of success is just doing it because it's really a personal project, actually, because as a kid, I was super into exploring and I was imaginative and it'd be like, we'd go camping and I'd climb this rock and I'd be like, I'm Indiana Jones and I'm on this mountain and I'm going to save somebody. And exploration and stuff has always been something important in my life. And at the same time, it's been like, I yeah I have a very anxious mom and um I think it it's she's not really someone who maybe takes risks and so that was sort of her hyper vigilance and control was very much present in my childhood and so I feel like exploration always comes with some risk because you're going to a new place so you don't know what to expect and so I didn't really like have I don't feel like I had tons of that risk and exploration as a kid. My family traveled a lot and that's what got me interested in all these places, but it was always in a safe container and I was I grew up in a safe container. And so, yeah, I think this project, uh, around the time that I really started thinking about this project and getting serious about it is also when I was exploring this stuff in therapy. And so I actually see this parallel between me and my therapist talking about risk and exploration and me coming up with this project. So it's been, yeah, healing, actually, because I've proven to myself that I can explore, can take risks. And this podcast in itself is about exploration and 
it was an internal exploration as well. So I made this podcast for my younger self, really. And I actually think that's a great perspective on seeing creative projects, passion projects, whatever you want to call them, as like healthy selfishness. Because I think with... <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> I think with like a lot of other things, right? If it's for work or for like the outside world, you know, there's so many other people's opinions and measures of success and other things you have to put in it. And then these type of projects could just be like, it's enough to say, why do you want to do it? Because you want to do it because you feel like it and it's interesting to you and you think it's cool. And the interesting thing that happens very often is that then it does resonate with people and, you know, or sometimes, you know what, it doesn't. And then that's fine as well. But right. sometimes it's, I think, also, as I said, like healthy to be a little bit selfish. Yeah. And like, I I love that. And I feel like there is something to following curiosity, especially as a learner right for me this podcast is like I'm I'm learning as I'm going as well and I think there's something maybe attractive about that because like I firmly believe we're all just drunken babies stumbling through life no one has it figured out and we are lifelong learners and so I think there's something authentic about the vulnerability of kind of learning as you go and if we capture that through audio and conversations I think that comes through and yeah is attractive there is one thing I have to like question see this is where my language is mixed like I would say in German hinterfragen which is like question behind Doesn't yeah I, in I feel like I've heard that <laughs> word before well fragen is question and hinter is behind so it's mm. kind of like putting in doubt maybe maybe like a devil's advocate in english but it's okay, not, yeah. not negative negative in english like devil's advocate is like very negative and defying is just kind of like asking a little bit deeper or like behind okay more context i know german's so specific yeah there are a lot of words you see now you also got a free language lesson in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> now the germans are gonna come at me but that's not how you explain it that's <laughs> not the sentiment anyway uh there is one thing we do though both of us have done that kind of contradicts a little bit the like positive selfishness in the sense that we put it out right because if this would be for us like it would be therapy mm. if it would be for me to learn more about this we would do that we would have those conversations you would go to those places you do all these things but you wouldn't share it because that right is like a dip that's like separate of you like the putting it out there is no longer for you right as soon as you like put it out publicly it's for others right so where does that motivation or thought come from from like, yes, I am creating this partly because, you know, for me when I was younger and it helps me and, and I work through this, but I am going to share it. Yeah. And it's a vulnerable, it has been a vul vulnerable thing for me to share it publicly because that invites all kinds of things, right? I do feel like I'm putting a part of myself out there and that can be scary because it leaves room for people to be like, hey, you got that so wrong and you suck. Maybe I'm scared of my own internal voice, too. <laughs> it's, yeah, externalizing my internal voice or potential for that. Um, yeah, I it, it does feel vulnerable because it's something I've thought about for a long time. I spent time on, I've put effort into, and I'm not making money from this. I just did it because I wanted to. So I think at the same time, I feel like I did put it out there because I also want 
feedback and because I want to get better at this. And so how do you get better if you are the only one who's listening to it? You know, I feel like it takes that would take, I think, years for me to just get better on my own. I'd have to work on other projects and I don't know, take formal training in order to really come back and listen to it and be like, oh, I could see what I did wrong there. Also, as an externalizer and a creative person, I need deadlines. I could work on something forever. It could take years and years. I could never finish it. But I think the need to be set a deadline, have something that I'm working towards or else, yeah, I just feel like I could dabble forever. And like, I don't know, maybe it does come from a place of ego, but I guess I also hope that other people are interested in this topic and interested in these interviews and interested in this history. I genuinely hope that there are people like my younger self who will listen and feel like there is a space in exploration for them because we've all learned about kind of these white settlers in history class and not not really like you know queer or people of color or whatever exploring places we don't hear that so i i mean i do hope that this impacts people in some kind of way emotional or just at least takes them on a journey somewhere they might never visit but yeah hard to say if that does come from a place of ego or or not Danelle that was like that was like the definition of you I just love the fact that you were like (laughs) I really hope that this podcast helps people and educates them and gives them knowledge that is so egotistical of me <laughs> like that connection was like astounding. It's like so ego driven that I want to like help people and make them feel seen and you know like give them a space in this world. Yes, I completely agree. Very egotistical of you. That um, ego is so big. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We might be joking around, but in all seriousness, Danelle definitely got vulnerable and stranger than usual to take listeners not just on a physical journey to another place, but also on an emotional one. Here's one of my favorite moments from the first episode about Davie Street Village's tragic history in Vancouver, Canada. This memorial is here because of tragedy, but it also recognizes how important sex workers were in making one of Canada's biggest queer neighborhoods. I think it's really important that this memorial is here and I wish more people knew about it and understood this history because we should never forget the many sex workers, uh, sorry for getting emotional, uh, including the many trans women upon whose sacrifice this village is built. (laughs) I'm feeling that. Yeah. Perhaps We're humans. We have emotions. <laughs> this is upsetting I, I stuff. knew that it was I upsetting history. I yeah. knew where this was going. Oh, yeah. My yeah. gosh. Wow. We as listeners would have definitely missed out if Danelle hadn't created this podcast. But what about them? Where do you think you would be if you didn't start doing this, right? If this kept being an idea, but you said, oh, I don't have the time, I have too much going on, or I can't do this, or like all those thoughts would have won out and you would have not done this. 
Yeah, I, I actually really feel like this project has helped create structure in other aspects of my life because I have to be a lot more intentional with my time because I want to work on these episodes because it's something fun for me. And I've also set deadlines that this is going to come out every two weeks. And I think without that, I yeah, I probably wouldn't have as much of a structure. I think I wouldn't really know what to do with myself for fun. And yeah, I think I would just feel a lot less motivated daily. I get that. That even when you love the work that you do, it doesn't mean that it's 100% exactly what you love to do at all times or how you would do it, right? Because that's the point you're doing it with slash for somebody else. So it's not your creation. It's a co-creation, which is challenging and fun in its own way, but not quite the same. Yeah, I, I'd say like I I need creativity and this is something that is so fully me and I think without this project I wouldn't really have that this is helping me I don't know work through things internally as well and I'm I think I'd maybe not be as confident as I have been in these past couple of weeks because I probably would be like oh gosh you're not good enough you're not motivated you're not doing anything creative I think I'd have a lot more negative internal talk and that was all stuff that I experienced in the process of getting this project together but now that it's out there I feel like I feel amazing and super proud of myself and so I think I just wouldn't have all these good feelings if I hadn't done it and I have kind of proven to myself that I can do this and I think that's that was just a really important thing for me to do. What does creating in the margins mean to you? Hmm. I think, I guess a couple of things. I think, for one, I think creative work is really undervalued. And it is unfortunate that so many creative people have to do their creative work outside of paid work because it's not valued enough for them to actually make money from it. Um, but also it makes me think of, you know, being someone who's queer and gender fluid. I feel that for me, that phrase also reflects what are we creating that gives a different voice, a different perspective of the like popular discourse right so I'm trying to take a queer approach to exploration and give something offer something different than you know urban explorers or you know other sort of ad adventure people give so I think for me it yeah it's giving a different perspective to it's it's offering different voices that we don't always hear from in some creative work and on that note, get motivated to do your own projects. No, that sounded like a radio <laughs> commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and then <No>. other news. <laughs> no, but thank you. Thank you so, so much, Daniel, for sharing very honestly kind of your process, what made you do it, what made you keep doing, and also why it actually did matter. I think very often we just say, it's worth it. But then we're like, is it really? <laughs> when, you know, you are getting up at 6 a.m. or you are, you know, skipping right. something to do it. I think it's also important to 
you know, reflect and see those things that it really does make a difference, not just in the project itself, but also kind of in the bigger context of our lives. If this chat with Adele didn't light a fire in your belly or actually something equally motivational but less ER visit inducing, then I don't know what could. Danelle dropped a bunch of helpful lessons learned to help you on your own creative journey in this episode. But I want to highlight one thing that you can do right now. Get some external accountability. Announce the launch date of your project. Team up with a friend to become accountability buddies. Join a program like Start Out to get a mentor. There are a million ways you can get some healthy pressure in place to push you into action. I'll add some extra accountability on top. Once you've chosen and built in some external accountability, drop me a note at cat at tellonpurpose.com to let me know what that looks like. Once that's done, come back to catch the next episode of Creating in the Margins after a break for the holidays. After the withdrawal symptoms, I really did not miss it. I didn't feel unconnected. I didn't feel like I was missing out on any important information. The people I wanted to talk with, I still did. I still had email and other ways to connect. And I became more creative. I started to do more and I read more. I know you just heard withdrawal symptoms there at the beginning, but as ominous as that sounds, this is not an episode about drug addiction. Though actually, it kinda is. Just like with other types of addiction, users are thinking about it even when not using it. Their mood has changed when on it. They need to get more and more of it to get the same happy hit have fights about its use, and when trying to quit, have withdrawal symptoms and often relapse. What is it? You'll have to tune in to find out. (laughs) See you there. Want exclusive access to bonus tidbits that didn't make it on the episodes? From pictures to behind-the-scenes stories, the sometimes long but always worth it Inside Story newsletter has it all. Subscribe now to get the inside story at tellonpurpose.com slash inside story. As promised at the top, here are some fun outtakes and bloopers from today's episode. Enjoy! One thing that you should know about... uh, (laughs) Did that not... Did that not... It's like having a baby... My nose itches. <clears throat> let me tell you you have a house and something is broken every day <laughs> or there's always something to do i spent like an afternoon trying to fix our tenant's doorknob that fell off so danelle touches blah, 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 blah. danelle touches blah, blah. count on me to go for the juggler J- juggler J- juggler wow okay <laughs> Count on me to go for the juggler. Juggler, I cannot say this word. Announce the launch date of your project. Project, okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's, oh, my, my scarf is making noises. Oh, I have to change that. Oh, God.
Okay, infinity scarves while recording, not a good idea. Noted. Uh, yeah, I don't, what am I? Jeez Louise. Okay, nope, that, nope, wrong way. Does that work? No, that is now stuck on my microphone. Ooh, fun times. Okay, have to unplug everything. This session is adjourned. <laughs>